Hello, this is Shannon Lynn, and you're listening to the Dialed In Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have a special guest all the way from Hollywood, Florida, Colette Darville. Colette is the creator of YinYogaLifestyle.com, Yin Yoga Lifestyle videos, blog, and Yin Yoga Lifestyle podcast. She is a transcendental meditator, Silva Method graduate. She had her training with the late Jose Silva, a Deepak Chopra primordial sound practitioner, and bioenergy practitioner. Colette combines these practices with her training as a certified yoga teacher and arts educator, and has been described as a Renaissance yoga practitioner with a healthy, meditative, and creative twist. Colette is inspired by her teacher training with scientist and yin yoga guru and author of five books, Bernie Clark, workshops with Gil Headley, fascial anatomist and author, and bioenergy healing training with author and teacher, Chonger Daniel. Colette holds degrees in advertising, graphic design, a Bachelor of Fine Arts, and a Bachelor of Arts Education, and taught visual arts at a university school in Vancouver. She now teaches primarily yin yoga and visual art from her studio in Hollywood, Florida. Help me welcome Colette Darville. I am here with Colette Darville today, and she is the creator of yinyogalifestyle.com, yin yoga lifestyle videos, uh, her blog, she has the yin yoga lifestyle podcast, so many things, Colette, and I know you used to live up in Canada on the east side, the west side, and now you're down in Hollywood, Florida, so I'm so lucky to be able to speak with you today. Um, thank you so much for joining us here on thank you thanks shannon it's so great um to actually i feel like i'm maybe i'm not physically in in on the west coast with you but i am there in my mind i am there in spirit (laughs) i never really left (laughs) yeah yeah i think most people who move over this way don't ever want to leave so no they don't no i did it for love so i'm in florida because i'm I, 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 met a, I met a man and I married him and I moved to Florida. So, um, so now I'm just going to have to convert him to come back to the West, right? To the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> definitely come visit. And that's usually how it works. Yes. Love, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So you're a very experienced and certified yoga teacher who has studied with some of the best in the field. Can you give us some background on how you came about yoga and why you chose yin yoga? Um, yeah, it actually, my, my story started um, uh, with uh, migraine headaches and really bad um, lower back pain. Um, I was kind of a, I was a mess really. And, um, I wake up every morning with a headache. Um, I, I, I remember my mom saying to me, why don't you come to yoga with me? And I said, oh no, yoga is not for me, mom, you go. So she just kept, you know, on at me and on at me. She said, come on, come to you, just try it for a month. 
So I thought, well, you know what, to get her off my back, I'm just going to go, right? I'm going to go to yoga. So um, I went with her to yoga and I didn't even have any yoga clothes. I had a bathing suit with a pair of track pants. That's all I had. <laughs> And I decided I was going to sit right in the back as, as far back as I could get. And my mom was right up at the front. So I'm right at the back and it was a candlelight yoga. And I thought, well, this is perfect. Nobody's going to see me. Nobody's going to look at me. Um, and then we uh, went into a child's pose. And you know what? I couldn't get into a child's pose. I couldn't. I, I, my lower back was so tight that I just ended up, um, sort of kind of propping myself up on my elbows and I just couldn't get down. And I think I was one of the younger people in the room. So I thought, okay, well, this isn't good. Um, I got through the class, went home. Um, and uh, that, that the next morning I woke up and um, you know what? And my lower back felt better. And I just had like a very mild headache. So I decided, okay, well, I'm going to do this for a month. By the end of the month, I was in full child's pose. I was not having any more headaches. That was just one month. And I thought, well, maybe this is what I'll do. Maybe this, I'm going to come and do yoga with my mom. So we would meet um, at the studio. We would do a yoga and I was loving it. I did it for about, I don't know, um, I guess it was probably about two years. And then I was, um, I was approached by the yoga studio owner and uh, she said to me, look, you're a teacher, which I was, I was an art, a visual arts teacher. So why don't you become an, a yoga teacher? And I, I was like, well, I never really thought about it, but nah, it's not for me. <laughs> and she said, she said, well, look, if you want to come, there's a spot open for you. And there are only six people in the class. So I thought, well, it's a small class. It'd be great to go and study uh, yoga. And, um, but then I kind of forgot about it. And I had said to, um, I had said to the, the uh, teacher, um, you know, how much is the class uh, to take teacher training anyway? And she said, well, it's $2,000. And then I thought, you know, well, there's no way I'm going to do it. That's too expensive. Um, so I, went away and I was uh, at the school where I was teaching and I was called into the office by the Dean of Academics. And he said, look, I have, I have, um, I have a spot here where I need a teacher to come in and fill in these, uh, in these spots for me uh, to teach, uh, teach uh, foundation art. Uh, would you do it? And I said, yeah, of course I'll do it. Of course. I mean, added a, a bigger schedule, a longer schedule, but you know what? I, he said, look, we're going to pay you. I said, okay, well, that's great. Then I will, I will do it. Absolutely. And he said, yes, we're going to pay you $2,000. <laughs> so I thought, oh, that's the same amount of money that's going to cost me to take my <laughs> yoga teacher training. <laughs> and I thought, I think that there's a bigger picture here for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I ended up showing up and doing the teacher training and, um, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I started teaching yoga at the school I was, I was um, a visual arts teacher at. And, uh, and then I moved to Florida. And when I got to Florida, uh, I thought, well, um, I better find a yoga studio, found a yoga studio, went in 
And um, the uh, and I still wasn't really teaching teaching in the studio at that time. And uh, the woman next to me was uh, asking me where I was from, the whole bit. And then I had mentioned to her I was a yoga teacher. She said, "Oh, that's wonderful." The uh, then all of a sudden the receptionist came into the classroom into the studio and said. The teacher is not showing up today. We're really sorry. Is there a yoga teacher in the room? <laughs> so the woman next to me said, yes, she is, Colette. Wow. <laughs> this is like my first class in this studio. And so I ended up teaching the class. They loved me and they loved, well, I think I think they loved me because I, I, I was there to, you know, kind of step in. But then they offered me a... Um, uh, they offered me a position there. So I ended up teaching vinyasa and, and um, uh, regular yoga. And as far as the yin yoga, what happened there was um, I went and took a weekend workshop. And after taking this weekend workshop here in Florida, I, um, I was asked if I would teach yin yoga at the studio. And I thought, well, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I'm qualified to teach it. I mean, there's so much more to it than just a, a weekend workshop. However, the people in the workshop were going out and teaching uh, the yin yoga. So I did, I began a, a, yin, a yin program and I started reading The Complete Guide to Yin Yoga by Bernie Clark. And he was, uh, he was amazing. He, uh, he was a fantastic, uh, fantastic uh, person to learn from. Um, and uh, anyway, so that's, that's my story of finding yoga. And in between that, I also studied um, uh, uh, transcendental meditation, and a primordial sound Deepak uh, Chopra, my uh, primordial sound meditation, sorry, a bit tongue tied. And, um, and then I also did the silver method. So I was, uh, I was, all these things were culminating together, which was fascinating. And all of a sudden I was teaching yoga full time at a yoga studio in Florida. <laughs> so that wow. was my story. Kind of interesting how things kind of work and move into place. And I think it might've been you that said, um, when I was talking to you on your podcast and it was like, yoga finds you in a way, doesn't it? It, it does. Yeah. And it kind of just, uh, it, it finds a way of just working its way into your life. And I know a lot of people start yoga, not even really knowing what yoga is. And then they realize, oh my goodness, this can heal yeah. my body. This can do this to my body. This is so, and you know, yeah. and mind and the spirit and everything. So changes so much for a person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want to ask you a little bit about Bernie Clark. And then I also want to ask you a little bit as well about the transcendental primordial sound and the mm. silver method. So you were trained by and studied with Bernie Clark. That is so amazing. Can you, yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about this experience and, you know, what major things perhaps stand oh, out my goodness. Training? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, I, I had seen him, I'd read his books. I had, I had watched him on, on his uh, YouTube channel. And, um, and then all of a sudden I was actually in the classroom. And what led up to that was I actually didn't even know where Bernie Clark was living when I was in Florida. And I, all I knew is that I needed to study with him. So I decided I was going to, I was definitely, no matter where he was, I was going to come and, uh, and, and learn to teach yin with him, like from him. And uh, anyway, I found out after, after poking around that he was actually in Vancouver, where I had come from. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he had been there the whole time, <laughs> even when I was living there. So I phoned up my mom. I said, hey, mom, I'm coming to stay with you. I need to, I need to bunk down and stay with you for a bit. And, um, and that's how it worked. And I, I, I would go and, and, um, I think we were down there by, I think we were down, it was on Granville Island. Um, and I think we were there at, oh, very early in the morning. I think I was there at six 30 in the morning and we had a whole yin practice. We couldn't eat. We might've had some, uh, some liquid, but you know, they advised us not to eat and we would have a full, I think hour, hour and a half practice. And, uh, and then we were allowed to go for breakfast. So our day started very early and, uh, and then the, the, uh, so the morning was practice afternoon was theory and it was absolutely fascinating. And to, I was so excited to be in the class and watch him and listen to him. And he is an incredible man. He, he stresses that we are all unique. So that, that, that theory of, uh, being in a class, a yoga class, and everybody has to do the same thing and look the same way. He doesn't believe that. He he has this. He has trains people to look at students as unique beings. Everybody is different, and we are. So, um, you know, you're not average. I'm not average. Um, we're we're not the same. We're not. Um, uh, we're, we're actually, you know, the average person, when they say the average person, what does actually mean? It means that we're made up of so many different sizes and lengths of legs and arms and torsos. And, um, and you know, it, it's kind of interesting because, you know, we're different from our siblings and we may have identically shaped protons, neurons, and electrons. And this is quoted from Bernie. Um, and that's everybody we know is the same. But, you know, when we examine who we actually are um, and the parts that make us who we are, we're absolutely totally unique. I mean, you know, kidneys are higher and lower and, you know, um, um, pancreases maybe moved over a little bit more to the middle. It's so we are different and our bones are different. And I think what it does is it changes you as a teacher. And it changed me in an incredible way because I just realized that I taught, I, I went in, I would teach a flow class and a vinyasa class like I was teaching, um, I was teaching each and every single student as opposed to going in there and seeing 30 people and saying, okay, everybody, this is what we're doing. And everybody is to look the same. Um, it was a huge eye opener, and I, I think he's made such a huge impact on the uh, on the the yoga community. And um, I mean, he's got his um, his Yin Yoga, the complete guide to Yin Yoga. I mean, he's such an incredible author. Um, and your spine, your yoga, which I had him on my podcast talking about that and talking about um, um, your yoga, your body, or your body, your yoga. Sorry, and um, the Gita from the Gita to the Grail. He he has a, such a kindness about him as well, which is um, a quiet wisdom, might I say. He's, he's if, if we could have a Yoda, a Yoda, this would, our own Yoda in this world, it would be Bernie Clark. 
I did I answer that question? <laughs> yes, you did. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. And just um just quickly here on yin yoga, how it how does yin differ from other styles just for our viewers that might not know oh, what yin of course. Is. Right. Um well, yin yoga is okay, so your yang style yoga is um, probably the most popular yoga, which it's moving, it's a flowing, it's a, you're, you're holding your postures from five to 10 breaths, you're, um, and you're moving from one posture to the other, um, um, hopefully supported by, by props if you need them. Um, and you can get into the vinyasa and the ashtanga style uh, yoga, which is very moving and very uh, building the energy and using the breath and, and to build the energy. and. Um, and, you know, the yin is the, I found, and when Bernie said, Bernie Clark said this, he said that um, yin yoga is, is the other 50% of your yoga practice. So yin is the quiet, right? It's the quiet um, energy. Mm -hmm. So the yang energy, it, it gets into our muscular body. Um, but the yin energy, uh, it, it targets the, the joints and the ligaments and tendons and, you know, and realizing that our body can also benefit from the, from the stillness of a posture um, as we are flowing um, from one posture to the other. And in yin, we are holding the postures, right? We're holding the postures um, for up to five minutes, maybe. I mean, three is average, but five minutes, but my, you know, I can... Um, uh, students will hold it up to 10 minutes in my class and feel really good about it and then harnessing the breath. So you have to, you have to uh, know that you are going to spend time with yourself um, in yin yoga. <laughs> and I found the people that have the most challenging time in yin are actually people who are extremely flexible. Hmm. And I think what happens is um, there's a gradual, a gradual sort of uh, um, marinating that happens in these yin postures. Mm -hmm. And as you sort of, and I really like to use that word dissolve into your posture, which you actually do, you dissolve into it, you, you submit to the posture. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're really flexible, you'll come into the posture um, and and I don't say this for everybody because it's kind of generalizing, but it's in my experience um, that some people who are extremely flexible have a very hard time staying in a yin posture um, if they've come all the way into their complete, complete flexible, uh, like maxed out their flexibility in their posture. And they, you can find after a while they start to wriggle because they feel like they need to come out of it because it's too much for their body. Um, they've been holding that posture in their maximum flexibility um, for a bit too long. So it's really a gentle awakening of your body. And I tell people, if you are flexible, um, you know, just sort of come into the posture a little slower. Don't come into it all the way. Uh, kind of ease up a little bit and, and feel your way through it and analyze it. Analyze, not analyze, but um, um, sort of test the waters before you come all the way down into your into your yoga posture um, in yin. Um, and that's just a generalization, but it's something that I've noticed over the years that that happens. Um, 
Does that answer your question? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I love yin yoga. It's like the balance that we need to have. You know, if you're just pushing one naughty, you're just <laughs> working. Right, right. It's like, you're going to be, you're going to be out of balance. Right. And right. And I can, I'll share a little bit more about the yin as yeah. we go too. Well, also you did train in various forms of meditation. So you trained in transcendental primordial sound, as well as the Silva method. Yeah. So can you share a little bit about each of these experiences, perhaps maybe how you came upon them and how they've affected your life? Or do you have a, you know, do you have a preference to which method to use? Maybe talk um, a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, it's actually, I, I started meditating when I was about 24 and, um, and it was actually the Silva method. Uh, so that was interesting. Actually, no, I think I was 23. Um, and it was a, it was a family, it was a family thing. The whole family got together and we, uh, we all went and we studied, um, uh, together the Silva method. And that was fascinating. It was, uh, it, because it was, it's very, uh, it's dynamic. It's called a dynamic meditation. So it's creative visualization at its best. Um, and it uses, it uses, you know, um, all the senses to, uh, to create this feeling of imagery so that you can uh, move forward with um, uh, creating these places where you, um, I would say it's like a laboratory. <laughs> you know, you have these, I created a laboratory where I go and I, I, I sit and I talk to people and I, I have healing lights and, and it's, um, and it's really fun. And if you're, you know, if you want to be creative and that creative side of you is very much prominent, it's, it's one of the best meditations to do <clears throat> and lots of components to that with healing and, um, uh, intuitiveness and, uh, Jose Silva, uh, I managed to actually take a class with him. Who's the founder. Um, uh, he's now passed, but what a fascinating man he was and quiet as, as always, these people who are, these total geniuses um, are quiet, uh, uh, modest people um, mm -hmm. who share what they know and who really care about people and, and care about you as you go through these things. And the transcendental meditation, uh, sorry, the yeah, transcendental meditation, that um, I actually took that out of desperation. <laughs> because oh. I was actually going through a, um, I was going through a, a hard time um, uh, during a, a degree I was doing. What happened was I was just, I was just overwhelmed by everything. And so my mom, again, my mom, my mom's in here a lot. Um, she was, uh, she was already a transcendental meditator and had been for years before that. And she had said, look, why don't you go and uh, why don't you take uh, the transcendental meditation? I think it might help you. I did. And it did help. And it was so wonderful because the um, I remember the first time I um, I was given my mantra and and um, I was taught how to do it, it was a one on one. It was absolutely amazing. And when it was all over, when when the meditation was over, of course, I felt calmer, but I thought, well, okay, I wonder how different this is from any other meditation that I've done. And I walked outside and it was 
unbelievable. I saw every leaf on every tree. Everything was was precisely precisely in its place and individual. Every blade of grass was an individual in itself. And I thought, wow, now this is an unbelievable feeling of connection. And it was, it literally took my breath away. And that is one of the most amazing um, results for me of transcendental meditation and using your mantra and, and coming to that place of quiet contemplation. And like transcendental meditation, you know, the primordial sound meditation, of course, came from, there's a link between those two um, uh, historically. Um, and that then help me focus even more. So in the primordial sound, which you already know, um, is that it is, we get our own mantra um, related to our, our date, the time and date of birth. And, and then that was even more powerful. So um, I love them all, but what I do is <laughs> I mix and match. <laughs> So I, I, so what I do is I take from one and the other and I mix and I match it to make my own and it works mm -hmm. and it works um, depending on how I'm feeling and what I need to do. And, um, and I, 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 you know, who says you can't mix and match, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, using your intuition is so powerful. You know what you need, right? Right, right. And it has affected my life absolutely um, in such a positive way. And I don't know how, how um, I now look and say, oh, you know, if people don't meditate, um, they're, they're missing out on so much uh, connection to the world and to other people and to themselves, you know? And just what you said about the clarity that you got once you had finished the transcendental meditation, it's just, right. there are no words to explain that, right? It's kind of like right. an ocean came and just washed all of the, all of the dust or all of the gunk out. And now you can oh, actually that's see everything. Said. Yes, that's exactly how it feels. Mm -hmm. it, it's, um, it's a tremendous feeling that you, you're actually seeing, you're actually seeing seeing what you're supposed to see here. Um, and, and you can, you can, every, it, it's the clarity is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, everything's so clear. Yeah. 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 I think I'll do it after we've had the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so on top of yoga and meditation, you're also a bioenergy practitioner. Can you tell us how this works and how it also works synergistically with your yoga and meditation practice and teaching as well? Yeah. So the bioenergy, it's, it's bioenergy healing has always interests me, interested me. And I found, um, I found Chunger Daniel's book on bioenergy healing, and it's called The Simple Techniques for Reducing Pain and Restoring Health Through Energetic Healing. And I thought, wow, this is a, this is a workbook. I could take this home and I could, I could teach myself. And, um, and I thought this was the right area for me to pursue. And I also liked that Chonger had been trained. He had been trained as an engineer and approached the bioenergy healing sort of from the quantum physics aspect. And I thought, oh, I, I, I think this, he's fascinating. I love where he's coming from. Um, I love the science of it. I'm a little bit of a science buff. And um, so, hey, listen, this happened. This happened, it happened with Bernie Clark. Now, 
Chonger Daniel, when I tried to find out where he was, he was on the, I'm on the, on the East coast of Florida. He's on the West coast. So <laughs> it was a no brainer. <laughs> I thought, well, the universe has a bigger plan, you yeah. know? Um, and I, so I signed up for his classes. I hopped in my car and I drove three hours there, three hours back. And I, um, um, for months and months and months, and to, to, to train with him. And he's such a laid back guy. He's um, an incredible, incredible human being. I, I feel very, very fortunate. That I keep meeting all these incredible human beings and um, very generous. And the bioenergy healing, um, I, I, I wanted to combine, I wanted to combine bioenergy healing um, while I was teaching yoga. And I talked to him about it and he said, well, this is a very interesting concept. So we talked about a few things. I thought, okay, well, I'll, he gave me a couple of ideas. And um, so I started combining it um, while I was teaching yoga and meditation and it became so powerful. So students, um, I would put students in a posture and I can run my hand over them and feel the heat of an energy causing maybe some inflammation or there's coolness if the energy is in need of sort of a boost. Mm -hmm. And so, and I know it, it is similar to any kind of other bioenergy healing, like Reiki, um, you know, it, it, it is definitely tapping in. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I would do is I would add some deep breathing and I would begin to use um, some visualization. So, of course, trying to cover all the different learners in the class. And, um, and so what I would do is I would see what the overall um, uh, feeling was in the class when I sort of ran my hand. I would never touch people. I just run my hand over them just to feel how the energy was. And if it was more stomach issues or if it was more lower back issues, depending on what the, um, what the consensus was, um, I, I, I put them in a posture and then I would uh, begin to help them release the issue by visualization, by breathing, and use the knowledge of yin yoga and the energy meridians of the body. So using getting back to yin yoga and um, Chinese medicine, which is the yin yoga is based in Chinese medicine, mm -hmm. and especially in the acupuncture. And so moving um, the ener energy or stimulating the energy in the body to kind of move everything along. And I found that the more I did it, um, then I would start to get students come in. And the first thing they would say is, hey, look, my shoulder hurts. <laughs> lower back hurts. You know, can you help me out here? So then I started when they're in the posture, I would do a little bit of a mini um, uh, energy healing on them while they were there. If it really bothered them. Um, you know, and then of course the students, uh, once you, and you know this, once you release that, when a student releases the energy in their body, um, it's, um, it's almost like a workout, isn't it? You have mm -hmm. that workout and then you just sit down and you go, ah, oh, and you relax. Mm -hmm. Same thing in the yin yoga and, um, holding those postures for five minutes. And, you know, now my advanced students stay in postures for a good 10 minutes. Wow. Not a lot of postures in one class, but we stay in them for a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge, and the bioenergy healing, it's always in the back of my mind, always while I'm teaching. And even you know, during Zoom as well, because I do 
the online bioenergy healings through Zoom as well. So, um, but it's all connection. And as we had said in a previous conversation, it's all about energy, isn't it? Energy, there's no, yeah. there's no, there's no boundaries for energy. Energy, and that, that's basic science. Mm -hmm. Energy yeah, goes absolutely. on and on and on and on and on. So changing it with a thought or a, you know, a, um, a, a, a just a, a gentle movement. Um, and it's just like Dr. Emoto and the water, you know, the changing of the water in a glass, uh, give, you know, testing it before when it was, and it came up in the microscope as being dead, like the water was not moving. It was just there. And then when somebody looked at the, the same glass again and, and, and spoke to it and, and uh, um, bestowed compliments and love on that glass of water, testing it again, um, and the molecules, and, and uh, everything's happy. <laughs> everything, <laughs> everything has blossomed. So the energy goes so far, you know, energy is undoubted, undoubtedly the most um, 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 uh, prolific thing in our environment that we can change. And it starts, hopefully, and primarily with our mind. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Like we can control our life force energy with our mind, you know, right. and, uh, and energy is everywhere. And I think it also makes you, um, it's, it's something else to add to your toolbox as a teacher as well, because you have these different things that you can offer your students to help them, you know, when you're in a class. And I know yeah. I used to also use Reiki um, when teaching yoga and it's, right. you know, it's this extra thing that you can help. And it makes you even more, um, what's the word? You're more attuned in a way to your students too, because you can see when they walk yeah. in the room, you know, <laughs> It's like, oh, okay, well, we can do this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> by looking at them, you know, you can yeah. sense there. And you're attuned to every student even more when you have that energy background as well. Totally true. Absolutely tapping, true, right? Tapping yeah. into that. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. so wonderful. Yeah. So on top of all of that, um, you also teach visual art to students using the same mindset approach you would use to teach someone yoga. So can you share with us a bit about how this works and the benefits? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm not going to, I wouldn't, you know, my, my art students, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> insist they come right into a headstand or anything. Um, it's much gentler in a way that, you know, that would be horrific for some of them who don't even take yoga. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but um you know, it started, uh, you know, I started um, uh, teaching visual art. Um, I've always been an artist. I mean, primarily that's what I was. I was an art director for a long time. I was a graphic designer. And, um, and then I sort of gave that up because I thought this isn't my path. Um, and um, I went back to university and I was very selfish and I took a, a fine arts uh, degree in sculpture and design. One of the... Um, and I should say that my my visual art teachers had a huge impact on me, which they did. But one of the teachers that had a really big impact on me on me was Brian Way. Brian Way was the founding father of children's theater in um, in Britain, and he was an incredible um, incredible artist. 
And one of the things he introduced was a, um, a, a movement program where we were, uh, we were allowed to sort of walk around the room and dance. And, and then we had to create um, ourselves in the middle of the room. Um, we had to create almost like a, um, um, a sculpture. Uh, and we entwined ourselves around each other and we created a sculpture human sculpture and then we moved away and we created um we created these our image in plasticine how we felt in our body how was this how did we feel and then we took our little image that we had created in plasticine which was us in the way we have, we thought we looked and we put it we all we put it in the sculpture we put our we put our sculpture into a little sort of um, uh, a mini a mini sculpture of us in plasticine, <laughs> and there are probably about twenty of us. And the great thing about it was that Brian Way, um, he said, you know, uh, even though it was children's theater and art, he said, to create you have to come from the heart. You have to, you have to have the feeling in your heart of where you want to go, which is very much like your intention for yoga. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, I, 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 I thought, well, there has to be a connection of here, how I can teach art to these people who may already do yoga, but if they don't do yoga, how can, how can we marry the two? So I began to work on a, a, a protocol and one is meditating is to sort of quietly look at your, look at if it's a blank canvas and, you know, close your eyes and visualize and um, what do you, what do you need to create? If it's a sculpture, um, you can create a 3D sculpture in your mind. I mean, there's a lot more um, techniques to it. But it gets down to um, that even our body through yoga postures has an effect on, our, on most of us. Um, and everything that we do, whether it's yoga or being creative, um, it's, it's calming our minds and emotions while balancing our brain. Okay, so it's all coming from our brain. <clears throat> but it's also about helping us to more easily express our creative vibrancy, which when we're doing yoga, we feel creative, right? If we get into that posture that we've been working on for so long, we get into it and we feel good. It's the same thing when you're working on a piece of art. So as I said, for example, for months um, and years of working towards a challenging yoga posture, you know, you finally focused, you're confident, finally culminates in your perfect yoga posture. And you feel sort of this deep sense of, of accomplishment. And the more you practice, the better you become, right? And the energy sort of flows more easily through our body because yoga has increased it. Obviously, I increased our circulation, our breathing, hopefully has become deeper and even and more even. And sort of with the increase of oxygen to our brains, our heart and our lungs give us more mental clarity and where anything is possible. Our artistic expression begins to flow as the energy blocks seem to melt away. So it's really, it really sort of flows into the other. And um, the idea that this all creates um, uh, creativity is so bang on. Um, and I think that, um, you know, it, it, the meditation part of it, the meditation part is really important. Um, 
and, and research into meditation has shown that the changes happen within the physical structure of the brain in significant ways. I mean, the reflection and meditation have been shown to increase activity and even enlarge sort of the frontal cortex of the brain, which is linked to focus, concentration, calmness, and creativity. So it all, it all makes sense. It all, it all um, comes together when um, a student sits down at a desk or in front of an easel and when they say to me, I've never picked up a pencil. I've never picked up a, a paintbrush. I am not a good artist. I don't know what I'm doing. Can you guide me? And the first thing I do is I tell them, close your eyes, close your eyes. Let's release any of the preconceptions or misconceptions you have about yourself and about not being an artist. <laughs> And mm -hmm. once they do that, um, and hopefully there's still trepidation, even when they pick up that pencil, it's very nerve wracking because you're putting yourself on display here as you do in a yoga posture. You're putting yourself on display as soon as you make a mark on that piece of paper or that a canvas. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is somebody's going to judge me right? Somebody's going to judge me on what I create or how I look in a yoga posture. Um, and it shouldn't be like that. But when you're a beginner, it is like that. And so I, I, most of my students have never picked up a paintbrush or a pencil. And you can actually go on to yinyogalifestyle.com. And there is a, a little sub, um, a sub page there called Art and Artists. And all the people on that um, the people that um, I teach, uh, they, they came from a background of not picking up pencils and paintbrushes. And the work they're doing now is unbelievable, but it's them. It, they have created these pieces because they have, they have let go of the inhibitions of, of, of judgment and, and just gone with the flow. And the creativity then begins, has a chance to flow. I mean, we could talk forever about this. <laughs> that's, that's so amazing though, you know, and you're bringing them to that place of stillness first and, uh, you know, and letting, just letting that energy flow, right. That creates yeah. the energy that we all have within us. But like you said, the, you know, the fear of judgment comes up. <laughs> right. Right. And it's, and the health benefits, the health benefits from yoga and then the health ben benefits of being creative are very similar. Mm -hmm. um, very, very similar. There's a fellow by the name of, he wrote an article, um, Creativity by James Clear, and he wrote that in 2010. And it's the connection between art, healing, and, and health. And it's, it's an unbelievable um, uh, uh, article. And I'm sure there's more that have been written after that, but I, I really liked his. And, um, you know, they take 100 studies and the impact of art on your health and the ability to heal yourself. So, and they include everything from music and writing, dancing, and the visual arts. And each study examined more than 30 patients who were battling chronic diseases and cancer. Mm -hmm. And the process of creating art doesn't just make you feel better. It creates that real physical change inside your body. Um, so it's natural to combine your yoga practice and your creativity. And you practice your yoga and tap into the feelings of challenge and accomplishment, you know, and relaxation. And, you know, and it's funny because when I, I read this, the article, I, I thought of, you know, when you watch a young child create, 
you know, and you marvel at they're excited and they're wiggling their body while they're either creating a painting or they're playing an instrument or they're dancing or they're doing yoga. And, you know, they kind of kids get excited and they sort of reverberate into their body and their little bodies kind of wiggle around, you know, because they get yep. so excited. <laughs> um, and then then you watch how the quiet moment as they naturally they become quiet when they find that natural space you know, between their thoughts where the excitement from their bodies transfer into the, the magnificent art creation that they do. And you see them mm -hmm. they, for a moment, they are quiet and they're looking at what they've done and what they've created. Um, so I always find that really, really incredibly, incredibly amazing. <laughs> and of course I could go on and on and on about it. <laughs> It's so interesting though. And just, you know, how about we, how the fact that we can actually heal ourselves through using, uh, tapping into our own energy, right? Right. So how have you personally benefited from practicing yoga and meditation? Can you maybe give us a few examples of what you found has successfully worked for you? Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's kind of interesting. I really like that question. I think it's a great question. I've benefited from it because it's really helped me focus. Your yoga changes and your meditation changes as you age. I think it gets better as you age. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, when you start, um, you're still very much, you know, I, yeah, apprehensive about it. You have all these um, anticipations, you put a lot of anticipation um, on, on what it's supposed to do, how you're supposed to, to work with it. Um, but I think as you, as you become more of a practitioner, um, it becomes quieter. You expect what you expect are, is not as much because what you get is so much more. And I think the expectations sort of are there and you know that they're going to come, but you don't focus on them too much you expect you you have this ability just to take what is given to you whether it's calmness and quietness and you are i think you're a little bit more loving to yourself and so for me the benefits have been it's been a journey for me as life has gone on and i feel much better about my yoga and my meditation of course my story at the beginning was you know i had headaches and i had back aches and but it's helped. It's not only helped me, but it's also, I think, helped the people around me. Even, even you know, family members who don't do yoga um, and who don't meditate, it helps me connect with them much better. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, trying to see life from their point of view, and I think that's where the wisdom and the, as you get older, comes in. And for me, yoga and meditation have really connected, made that a connection for me. Does that answer mm -hmm. the question? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And they definitely do work in that way, right? Right, you know? they do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And things just seem to flow a little bit more and things that used to bother you don't really bother you as much. Right. Oh, but I broke that nail. <laughs> yeah. Darn, what am I going to do now? You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's it's so interesting how it changes over time too right. because you know, I remember when I first started, it was like the vinyasa yoga and, you know, the very, um, somatic, you know, into the, into the body. And then right. you know, 
And then it's more into like, oh, there's Kriyas. Oh, there's meditation. Oh, there's Pranayama. Oh, there's Jahara. Ooh, there's like this, this. And you keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're like, whoa, this right. is what I'm all about. And this is, you know, and then you get into like, wow, that's how my personality was constructed. And then, you know, yeah. and then it keeps going and going and going. And you're like, yeah. wow, I can just be me and just erase all of that. <laughs> Right. And which is so amazing, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah, is I, I always, you know, when people start talking about how they're making those connections, you know, I see I see a big bowl of thick chocolate. And you're there with a big wooden spoon, you're slowly stirring it. And it just it feels so wonderful. Because it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's that but it's so it's that it's that that yumminess of the chocolate, but at the same time, you know, you swirling those swirls in and they go in and then they disappear. I don't know why that is for me that I picture the chocolate. I just love chocolate, I think. So you um, obviously now teach people and help people with yoga and meditation. What made you ultimately decide that? I know you had talked about, you know, yoga found you and right. you, know, you were asked to teach, but what really made you want to make a career out of helping people by, by using these techniques? I think that, you know, when you're, when you, it, I, teaching comes naturally to me and um, I'm speaking in public and uh, it comes naturally to me. And I, um, but the one thing that I always have in the back of my mind is that how is this going to help somebody else's life, whether it was teaching art, whether it was, even when I was an art director, um, you know, how, how, can what this person's doing help them in their life? Of course, you have clients and you have to, you know, satisfy clients. But, but I think the ultimate was what are people learning from what they're doing? And so that they can keep doing it better and better and better. So for me, um, I think that, you know, it, it really, it really was all about, in the back of my mind, no matter what I was teaching, how is this going to inspire this person to, to the next level of consciousness, right? Even if I wasn't thinking that way, how is, this, how is it going to inspire this person to feel, uh, feel uh, the relief um, if they're stressed or feel the, the, I guess, inspiration and excitement about when they, they do something that's incredibly amazing? So it's just, it was just really all about that because for me, I feel wonderful when somebody else feels wonderful. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how can you not want to inspire somebody to feel wonderful all the time? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Because mm -hmm. you get it back. Karma, you get that back. So I just want to keep doing it, you know, and you do it and do it and do it. And the more you do it, the more people will pass that on. Yeah. Uh, just like people pass it on to me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as we talked, energy, it, go, it goes and goes and goes and goes, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's basically why I love to do what I do. And uh, I think a key word that I'll pull out of there is how can you not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> when you see just, you know, how it affects people and right. what a gift it is just to share it with people. It's right. like, how can you not? You know, you yeah, almost exactly 
yeah. How can you not share it with people yeah. when you know that it can absolutely change their lives for the better? Yes. Yes. And, and people are sometimes surprised by it. You know, mm -hmm. they're like, really? You actually, you actually want me to do this because it's going to make me feel good. What are you getting out of it? <laughs> and you're like, well, I'm getting out of that. You're feeling wonderful. Then I'm feeling wonderful. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. <laughs> So why do people need yoga and meditation right now in oh, the world? <laughs> that's a big, big thing, right? Because of course we're in the middle of COVID. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully maybe we're at the end. Hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, you know, is social and physical distancing. I mean, that's continue. And the more it happens, the more we're not able to be with other people. You know, we get more fearful and anxiety. My gosh, anxiety. I can see it in my yoga students. Um, but you know, and that's why they come to yoga because yoga can help, right? And, you know, when you're, when you are practicing yoga, it re releases more GABA, you know, the gamma um, uh, amino butric acid in the, the brain's thymus. Oh, it's not thymus, thalamus. And, uh, and this is, this is what reduces your anxiety, you know, your stress and it, and it actually helps you focus your, focus your mind. So while um, all that's going on. It's actually increasing your levels of happiness, right? <laughs> so that and yoga can do all this, and you know, and these times are stressful. So yoga can help help balance, and you know, by by providing this calming um, distraction, which I think what happens when people come to your yoga class, it's like, can you distract me, please? And I can distract them on Zoom. Of course, I can. Everybody can even if it's just for an hour and a half or an hour and a quarter, but there's a greater level of happiness um, that, that actually happens when the prefrontal cortex, it begins to show um, heightened activity. And when, um, and which takes place when you're doing, doing yoga. I'm getting so excited about it. Can you tell me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> la, 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 la. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, to promote yoga is a way to boost happiness and to lower stress, anxiety. I mean, that's something that I, we can all use, right? It's a good thing. And why don't we want to, everyone wants a good thing, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and it's a nice break from what's going on right now in the world yeah. too. And I think really can, it can help people strengthen their, their body mind connection to deal with also what's right. going on in the world too. Hey? Yeah, absolutely. So if people could take away just three things on how these practices could benefit them, uh, yoga, meditation, mm -hmm. using their creativity for art, what would they be? Well, I think from, aside from the physical benefits, um, I think one of the best benefits is helping to manage stress because, you know, it, it, stress has such a, a devastating effect on the body and, and on the mind. And, um, you know, it, stress is in our neck, our back, our sleeping, our problems, our headaches, our drug abuse, um, inability to concentrate. I mean, it's in all these things and there's lots been written about it, but it can also be, it can help us with our coping skills, you know, and uh, having a more positive outlook of life. I mean, it's um, the incorporation of your meditation and your breathing. It will, it, it, it boosts your mental well-being because you're getting all that oxygen to the brain. And listen, regular yoga practice 
And for me, this is very true. You know, it, it helps you create mental clarity and it brings a certain amount of calmness to your mind. And it can actually, it relieves any chronic stress patterns that you have, you know, that whirling round of the brain, that spiraling of the mind, and you center your attention and sharpen your, your concentration. I mean, you know, it's the, the mind, body, and, and self-awareness are particularly beneficial because really you can actually detect any physical problems in your body doing yoga. You can pick up little certain little nuances in your body that you can allow for early preventative action. Mm -hmm. I mean, it goes that far. So, you know, I, I think that it's, it's an incredible, it's an incredible tool, as you said before, to help us, uh, to help us manage uh, what's going on in the world today. And, and basically, uh, again, if you don't, if you, if you want some good stuff and you want good things in your body and your mind, do some yoga and meditation, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know if I said three things, but well, it was all good. You can't go wrong with any of that. And you're so right about, you know, how you become more sensitive to, to everything that's going on in your body um, that you normally wouldn't feel uh, if you're, if you're not doing yoga, because when you, when you're in a posture for five minutes, for 10 minutes, you're very aware of, right. you know, what is going on inside the body. And that makes you, um, makes you so more sensitive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So can you share with us what your personal practice is like? <laughs> My personal practice, it changes from day to day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so busy. Um, yeah, I, I have to, I, you know, I do, I, I, one of the things I thought was what, what's one of the things that people, most successful people in the world do, what did they do? And the first thing they do is they open their eyes and they express their gratitude. And that goes for CEOs, that goes for um, yogis and yoginis, it goes for, it goes for the, the human race, mm -hmm. um, that thought of gratitude. So I try and wake up with that feeling of gratitude. Then I'll stumble into the shower. <laughs> <laughs> I love to take my shower. I love to, I love to actually feel that water over me. I feel it's cleansing and I actually will do some stretching in the shower. Mm -hmm. I actually will do some stretching in the shower, which is really, um, I actually, uh, I actually love to do my stretching in the shower. Then when I get, when I get up, you know, I'll arrange my yoga room. I'll, cause I'm usually teaching early in the morning. Um, and, um, and I will do a gentle practice myself before I teach and, and then I will, um, and then I'll wait till after practice and I'll do a, a little meditation myself. Um, I like to kind of sit outside and do a meditation. I can in Florida. So, um, otherwise I'd be sitting in some snow, I think yeah. I was up North. <laughs> um, and so I like to, and I like to sit outside and I like to, I like to hear the birds and I like to look, I, you know, many people spend their time looking down and I think now we have to force ourselves to look up. So yeah. I always try to look up. I look up at the trees and the clouds and the sky and I try to always look up. Um, and especially with cell phones now, we're always looking down. So looking up is really a, a, a big deal for me. And I have to, and I remind myself that I have to remind myself all day long, look up. And, um, you know, and, and I, and I have my lemon and my 
apple cider vinegar in my water and I take my chlorophyll and I take all the good things I think I need. And, and then I settle in, I settle in for the day and I, cause I'm up and down, up and down. I'm an A type personality. So, and I sleep like a log every night. So I'm very happy with that. <laughs> so, it seems, that so whatever I'm doing, it seems to be working. It's not a complicated, I don't have a complicated uh, practice. I have a practice, but it varies from day to day. And I do what I feel like I need to do that day, what my body needs to do. Of mm-hmm. course, I incorporate a couple of uh, Surinam and Mascara A's uh, for my practice in the morning. The sun salutations just to, you know, get everything moving. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> work yeah. out the creeks right yeah I can yeah. just imagine sitting outside looking up at the sky listening to the birds and <laughs> yeah what a you fair s- place. <laughs> yeah you'll see parrots you know some parrots you'll see sometimes we have cardinals and blue jays here too oh. and the squirrels we have squirrels we have raccoons but we don't come out in the morning but we have all kinds of things here and we have big iguanas <laughs> Oh, wow. (laughs) They're quite beautiful. So if you're up early enough in the morning, you get to see all these incredible things and just by looking up, right? Yeah. 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 Just by looking up. Well, up here we have the crows. I know you had the crows, (laughs) but you've got the bald eagles too. (laughs) Oh yeah. They're so beautiful. They fly right over uh, my house here all the time. They're so magnificent, magnificent Mm -hmm. creatures. Yeah. So that basically is my practice. <laughs> Wonderful. And, and, you know, it, it, like you said, it doesn't have to be super complex, simple is sometimes the best way to go. And using your intuition is so important yes. as to what your body needs for that day, because it's our, we're not going to be the same every day. Right. So it's, it's oh, never the same, never the same every day. Never. Yeah. So Colette, how do you dial in and (laughs) what does the big question, what does dialing in mean to you? Or I guess you could say, you know, what is it that you're dialing into? Uh, That was, this is a great question because I really have to think about this. I really have to think about this. Um, I do have to think about this. You said, I think dialing in for me, uh, for me personally is keep checking in on how I'm working during the day. So if I have to give out a lot of energy during the day, then at some point I need to pull back and plug myself in kind of for a recharge. Yep. And Mm -hmm. because I really have to do that because as I said, I'm a bit of an A type personality and I will go, 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 right? Until my energy is depleted. And that was one thing I, I learned through yoga and meditation and my pranayama breathing is that you can't do that to your body. You, uh, you know, as they say, you're a spiritual being having a, a physical human experience. So I recharge during the day. Mm-hmm. What I do, and you'll find, think this is pretty funny. I think, I don't know if you will, <laughs> <laughs> but one of my little known techniques is I put on my running shoes, I put on my headphones and I go for a walk and I listen to a really funny comedian. So somebody who will have me laughing hysterically while I'm walking. And, and I don't know if you've ever tried this. Have you ever tried um, a walking and laughing at the same time? It's really hard to do. Interesting. I'm going to try now. Thank you. You, <laughs> you have to find something you really find funny. Like a, a really, uh, a really, um, some of you connect with and you just put them on, put them on your, you know, on your, uh, in your headphones 
Well, I'm definitely going to have to try that. And laughter is such a, you know, it's so great for the energy. Well, yeah. it is. And, you know, it's, um, and it, according to the Mayo Clinic, I don't know if you know that the research has found that from both short and long the term benefits, the laughter, it increases the oxygen to the heart, the lungs, and the muscles, and then it increases the endorphins. And of course, and they're released into your brain and it improves your mood and reduces physical pain. So there wow. you go. Wow. And if you Oof. think about it, it's kind of like a bunch of little mini Kapalabhatis in a way. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. You know, you're contracting. <laughs> now when you're laughing so hard and you can't even get a breath in, that's where you're holding your breath. Yeah. The breath retention. That's right. You've got your breath retention right there. And then you take the big breath in and you start laughing again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely going to try the walking and uh, walking and laughing. Thank you yes, so much for great. that. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so you have videos, a blog, you have your own podcast as the creator of yin yoga lifestyle. If our listeners today want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to find you? Uh, they can log on and find the website yin, Y-I-N, yoga, Y-O-G-A, lifestyle, L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E.com. And you can go on there and they can find, you can, there's classes, you know, I have a schedule of classes, um, a schedule of, uh, of online Zoom classes. There's also the uh, podcast. You can tap into the podcast and listen to the shows. I think I have about I think I there's about 160 shows on there now. And of course, Shannon has two shows on there. So please check her out on the podcast, uh, Yin Yoga Lifestyle Podcast. And there's also, I have a blog there, so you can subscribe to the blog. And there's the art and artists page, which I would check out and uh, have a look at what people are doing. And if you decide you want to take classes, there's also some information on there. And there is also, you know, the description of the classes. So there's lots of things on there. Hopefully soon we're going to be opening a little shop, which I, I really want to do. All, all based in um, companies who are environmentally or as, as close to environmentally friendly as possible. Mm -hmm. And and also to um, if there's charities there that we can we can tap into, then I'm going to be doing that as well. So there's lots to do. You can actually spend some time on the website as people can do on your site. And yeah, you can have your lunch break on, on, on the websites. Wonderful. <laughs> well, definitely check it out. Right. And uh, you had mentioned, you know, that you do teach um, via Zoom. It's so amazing now um, how technology has helped spread yoga and spread yes. energy work, isn't it? Oh my gosh. It is unbelievable. It's, you know, a lot of us were at the beginning where, oh, this is going to be really crazy. How are we going to do this? How are we going to connect with people? Mm -hmm. But it's, it's working, it's working. And the people, the students who didn't really want to take online classes have decided, yes, well, if we don't take online classes, we're not going to get our yoga. Mm -hmm. So we, we want, and we want to connect. And it's so wonderful to, to be teaching yoga, um, as, uh, online and, um, you know, and as I do, I teach art online as well. So worked out a, a specific way to, uh, to actually tutor um, art online. And, um, and the yoga 
I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't do without it. And it's wonderful. It's a wonderful, a wonderful tool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We, it's a new, new way of living. Yep, absolutely. Well, it's been so wonderful to chat with you today, Colette. Do you have any final words to leave our (laughs) listeners with? Well, Shannon, thank you so much for having me on. Um, I'm very chatty, as you can see, and I, uh, and I really appreciate, appreciate being on your show. Um, And yes, there, you know, there are some things that I was thinking of something really deep to end the uh, the program with, but of course, I I'm coming back to the the quote that I love the most, and the only way to deal with the future is to function efficiently in the now, and that's by Gita Bellin, and yeah, so I thank you so much, and blessings to all our listeners, and good health, and safety to everyone. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Colette. It's been a pleasure. And I know we will definitely want to have you back because there's so much that we can learn from you. So thank you again. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back again soon. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. Well, that was Colette Dorville from Hollywood, Florida. We had such a great time talking with her today. We started out by learning about her own healing story and how that led her to find yoga. She was trained in yin yoga by Bernie Clark and works out of her studio in Hollywood, Florida, teaching yin yoga and visual art, which she finds amazingly healing for her students. She also practices transcendental and primordial sound meditation, which she likes to mix up based on what she needs. She has classes online, her own podcast, yinyogalifestyle.com, and she gave us some good tips on dialing in. Thank you so much, Colette, for joining us today. We will definitely want to have you back. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to Dialed In. Thank you for joining us on the Dialed In Podcast. This is your host, Shannon Lynn. Namaste.